Exit 52 podcast post-draft show. We're sitting here live on Twitter. We'll see if anybody joins here at past midnight. But here with Banks, Marty Sumar, guys. He's got a mic over here out of the frame. If you're on the Twitter, send us in some questions about the uh, the overall night here. But, Banks, I'll leave it to you. Uh, Ravens stay in both their picks at 27 and 31. Take Jason Owe at 31. Take Rashad Bateman at 27. Your thoughts? Uh a little bit surprised that we stayed in the spots we did, especially given how much talent was still on the board when it came around to 27, because I felt like there were a half dozen guys that we could have taken with that 27th pick. Could have gone in a lot of different directions, and we went in the receiver uh, direction, which, I'll be honest, coming in, thought might have been the second or third, and definitely not the first priority, but they must have liked Bateman enough to take him over some of the other guys that were still on the board. Um, you know, love that pick. It's you know we got to be better at receiver. We're working hard at, at trying to frame this offense around Lamar, and I think that they're, they've been listening a lot to the the hubbub surrounding the playoff failures and the the lack of having multi dimensions. Even though I'm I'm confident personally that they have more than one dimension. But anyways, um, the second pick, I don't know, man. I, I'm not completely sold on it, but. It's one of those things where you watch this franchise take guys that, I mean, we just had a guy sitting in front of us at a table here. He's sitting, he's right here. When, he, when we made that pick at 16 in 2017, I think people were like, oh, like Marlon Humphrey? Like, okay, a name we've heard of from a school we all know about, but like, that's interesting. Like, the, he just wasn't on anybody's radar. And yeah, Jason Oway was on people's radar this year, but... Um, you come to learn over time, and we've learned this lesson so many times, like just trust Eric DaCosta and trust the scouting department, trust these guys because they know what they're doing. Yeah, I think that's that's so true. I think taking them one by one, obviously the, the talk, and we talked about it on the preview show um, a couple of days ago, was what do the Ravens do with these two picks, essentially between three positions, right? You know, an offensive lineman, most certainly a tackle being at the top of that priority board. A wide receiver, which I think is what the entire fan base has wanted, whether it be in free agency or at the top in the, with the Ravens' first-round pick, or some sort of edge rusher. The Ravens opt to go edge rusher and wide receiver. And to me, as they were go, the board worked out great for the Ravens. They really had an option at all of those positions. They had multiple edge rushers, including Owe. They still had Christian Barrymore, who's now into the second round. Yeah. Defensive tackle from Alabama, who's awesome. Multiple wide receivers, Elijah Moore, Terrence Marshall, um, who seemed like the Ravens were getting cold on as the draft came up, and Rashad Bateman. Yeah. And then um, you had Tevin Jenkins, the, the, the tackle from Oklahoma State that we talked about the other day. Ravens opt to go with, with, with Bateman, a guy I watched a lot of in the Big Ten and is tremendous. I mean, he can really, really do it all at the receiver position. Ran a 4-3-9 at his, at his pro day and just showed all of the tools on a team that, you know, in Minnesota that he really, like, lifted up. I mean, he lifted yeah. the program there um, and, and had, had a hell of a year before he opted out this year at, at the beginning and came back. Um, he's tremendous. Um, always guy that has zero sacks. I mean, that is the – I, I just tweeted it a couple minutes ago. About him. I, I just tweeted a couple minutes ago, like, I wish he had just got a single sack. Because, like, my mentions right now are nothing but I could have gotten drafted tonight and had as many sacks as this guy. Or, like, I could line up and give you zero sacks. Or we could have gotten zero sacks from some guy in the seventh round. Like, all right, guys. Like, 
on the Barstool stream tonight, I made I made a point about production, and I, I have an appreciation for production. Some guys are just guys that go out there and they perform. They're just when they strap it on, they go after guys, whether it be uh, pass rushers or offensive linemen like Orlando Brown, who just maybe their combine doesn't look so great, but when they strap it on, they're they're just football players. And then there's a time and place for guys who are just phenomenal athletes, and they're moldable. They're project guys, and pass rushers tend to be project guys. So. I think anytime you take a pass rusher near the top of a draft, you're kind of taking the assumption that you're taking on a project. Like you're not expecting that guy to really deliver on day one unless you're drafting like a Mario Williams or Jadavion Clowney type of guy who's just like all world. So um, whether it was like a Gregory Rousseau or, or Jason Owe, like I don't know that we were going to get day one production from him. So. You know, you look for a guy who's projectable, and by all accounts, this guy's projectable at least. Yeah, there's the, all the measurables are there. Um, you know, ridiculous. You know, look test freak. They, I think they, uh, NFL Network had him just a great tester. He tested unbelievably well. As you said, that at this point has not led into production, um, which is a concern. I mean, I think there's no doubt that that's a concern. You can't get one sack at the college level. You know, yeah, at a team tough. like Penn State, it's where you, you should be able to figure that you out. Should fall into a sack. You should fall into a sack. Yeah, you should, yeah, should fall, fall into, into a sack, sack at some point. But how many games did they play? Do you know? This I mean, year they played like not a full schedule. Six but or seven. Six or somewhere seven. around you there. You gotta fall into a sack. Yeah, you would think he'd yeah, fall into a sack. He, he, you look at a guy, you know, like Matt Judon made more of an impact than his sack numbers necessarily said in the past couple of years, but um, it's like sacks. Sacks are not an end-all, be-all statistic. Correct. But, uh, you know, but pressures you, are big. Pressures and, 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 and just being a presence is, is very much what you want from a guy, especially with Wink Martindale. Like, sometimes it's just about disrupting the offense and their rhythm. But uh, you can't – you got you got to fall into a sack at some point. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it's wild. But I think, at the very least, the Ravens didn't go away from the places they needed to address. Stayed edge rusher. Stayed wide receiver. I think there are a lot of fans that would have liked to have seen them take the tackle on Tevin Jenkins. Yeah. But when you look at it, and I would have liked to have seen it too, but when you look at it, you know, all around here, there are more options on the table in free agency to bring in a veteran tackle right. than to bring in an edge rusher that's going to have an impact or to Correct. bring in a wide receiver that's going to have an impact. And I trust the way that these guys draft in the middle rounds for some of those offensive yeah, lines. Especially in the interior. Yeah. I laid it out in a blog today. There were going to be three positions, like three areas of focus for them with these two picks, and you, you literally just can't fill all three. Like, it's just it's math. It's just math. Yeah, exactly. So just, we were going to walk away from tonight, even if they, like, I'm a little bit surprised that they took both picks, like, it, with the way that things sure. played out. Especially after, like, Rousseau went 30. I thought maybe like oh didn't our guys gone like pick up the phone see what we can get maybe they did that maybe they got you know had to settle for away but um, they were going we were going to walk away tonight not having fulfilled one of those needs and people were going to be upset about it they were going to make a fuss about it sure. there's no way to please people and fill all your needs on night one and and then it's also just a fact of the matter like it's very 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 difficult to not have some sort of hold or weakness on a roster in general, it's just about mitigating that and dealing with it. And I think the offensive line for the Ravens and um, a lot of positions on defense, especially the, the, the front seven, are places that the Ravens historically 
have drafted well later in the rounds or have plugged and played guys and found diamonds in the rough and figured out solutions on, on their feet. Yeah, for sure. So. I think one of the things that this will do when you head towards, you know, what training camp storylines look like is the Lamar Jackson has no excuses narrative now from a <laughs> passing standpoint is going to be at the top of the list because now he's got two first-round wide receivers <laughs> on the outside. They've drafted Prochet, Duvernay. They've drafted all these receivers, Miles Boykin, and they're going to have to make that work. And I think that narrative is going to become more fair because I think Bateman is a guy that, you know, Hollywood Brown is a, is a burner. Boykin is more of a big target. Duvernay, uh, Bateman is a guy that can really move around the field and kind of do it I all. Haven't seen, haven't seen him play a good amount. Do you have a comparison? For for Bateman, not my on the, my small not on sample the spot. size, not like, on the spot. given what you've described, I had maybe like a like a DJ Moore in mind. Sure, is that well, he's got more speed than DJ? Decent? He's got wow. more speed. Okay, at least time speed. Yeah. There were concerns that his speed didn't translate to the field. That was some of the some of the like you know pre-draft talk. Sure, but it seems like they went for a guy that maybe they feel like can do a little better all around as opposed to a guy like Marshall who's clearly like a big target. Yeah, Marshall's that's a big like, target. You very much know what he's there for, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. Um so I I, I think he I think he's a good pick. I, I think Owe that it is certainly a project and certainly the jury is very much out on him and that will be a player development situation for the Ravens where they've got to get him in there and figure out how to harness all of his physical ability cuz it's certainly there. You watch, you know, the combine or the uh, the pro day stuff you watch, you know all of the 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 numbers and all that stuff. I mean he has that that ability, so it will be interesting. And now, as you said, the Ravens go into day two. The third round picks are there. They have no picks in the second round. There's a bit of capital if they wanted to move into the second round, maybe later into the second round to right. go get somebody. Uh, we'll see if that happens. I think they'll probably stick and have both of the third round picks. Yeah. As you said, I'm a little surprised they didn't trade out of 31, but you know. The talk, and I think Zarebeck tweeted it, um, that they liked Oway the entire time. They've liked him the entire process. Mm. So they got it, they got two guys they wanted, and you, you can't really argue with that if you're uh, if you're in the Ravens front office. Yeah. And now we will figure out if we have to argue about it. You know, come in, training in camp, due come time. Season, yeah, in due time. So. Uh, Marty, do you have any thoughts about the Giants pick? <laughs> <laughs> I think that we should distract everyone from the Giants pick by first of all just shouting <laughs> out this podcast sponsor, Jimmy Seafood, put on a great show tonight yes. in terms of a, yeah. a draft party. Um, I think that as you can probably hear in the background, the staff here is an absolute machine. Um, they've already pretty much cleaned up the entire draft party as soon as as soon as the the broadcast kind of went off the air here. But um, they had crabs on every table. No table was ever left without a single crab on it. Uh, John John made his rounds. Did did a couple nice speeches. Um, yeah, we had a pretty much all-around great draft party here at Jimmy's tonight. Yeah, that's a great call. And we had uh, we had Marlon Humphrey and and who's the so the event was settled around. They they raised money for the Brigance Brigade, the OJ Brigance's uh, foundation, which is a great cause, which the Ravens do great work for. Um, Matt Judon was also here. Hollywood Brown. It was fun to watch Hollywood Brown react like that to what to seeing a receiver across from. Him. That's going to only help him. And he was yeah. he was very excited about it. So that was cool to see. I know he tweeted something as well. So. As you said, Marty, a really cool event here, and, and these guys do it right, man. Um, they, they they put on an awesome thing. There is a just a um, ice football just sitting over. Should we take that home? Yeah, I mean, ice I'm football. It, it looks like we could we could walk right. Out. Could walk out that. Yeah, yeah, that was gonna go great in the Uber that me and uh, me and Banks are about <laughs> to take here. So, just a couple thoughts from you guys overall. What did you guys think of the overall draft being the first draft kind of outside of COVID? We had 
fans out there. We had people on the stage. What did you guys think of the overall draft um, broadcast itself? I, I thought it was awesome. I mean, we, we didn't hear everything in here because they were turning on and off the, the volume, as you do when you have you know people in here eating and talking. But I am in love with the draft. I've been in love with the draft for like almost you know I guess 20 years at this point, and uh, it was great to see it back in its sort of its more true form. They really tried to drag out the Roger Goodell chair thing. Oh my god! Um, which I'm sure they had 60 marketing and PR meetings about how like likable that made Rogers. So, like, let's do it again. But you know, I, I thought well, you Someone and I were talking about Marty. Like the the way they pull off all these connections at all these people's houses and nothing goes wrong is amazing to me. It's just insane. They, they just have all yeah. these guys around the country and they're just, you know, Roger's showing them the jersey and, and like nothing is going wrong. That's amazing. That's amazing television. Yeah, we can't get through a, a Zoom call for work <laughs> in our own Seriously. homes on our own Wi-Fi and they're getting national broadcasts with picture-perfect clear streams from these people's houses. It's amazing. And you know what's going to be crazy is that there's 32 picks here tonight. I don't know, maybe half of them were in attendance, the other half were at home. You knew who was going to get picked. Like, it was all pretty much like, hey, we're going to have these shots. The next two days, they're going to go yeah, through these honestly, picks, and they will still have tons of these in-home shots, yeah. and, like, they're going to be jumping all over the place at will, and it'll be seamless. Like, it always is. Yeah, it's so amazing. It's an incredible production. Honestly, the Friday with rounds two and three has mm, – I, Day one's the best day, but rounds two and three, there's so many good players still on the board, and it goes so much quicker. It's really fun. I, I think it's like clearly as up, they've upgraded the draft the way they've you know moved the days around and made they've made rounds two and three feel huge. They really, really have. Yeah. They give you a day to marinate who's the best at the top of the second round, all that different stuff. So I thought it was fun. Yeah, one thing I didn't necessarily love in and this is nitpicky. I didn't love the draft hats this year. It's not a. <laughs> that it's is not a, a hat. That's that's a very that's it's not a hat you can nitpick. just look at real quick and, and know the team it's that drafted shitty. them. It's it's a little tough to to tell the team. The brand isn't well uh, established on the hat. But other than that, I thought it was an awesome show. Yeah, yeah. We should give you a call next year. They should. And I'm available. And some of the graphics <laughs> that we saw, and this is not directed at the Ravens, but directed at other people, uh, they could give you a call on those too. Yeah. Because there were some bad graphics getting, f getting, f you know, thrown around. Yeah. Out DMs are open. Venmo's open. I mean, and maybe they should they should call you to make the Giants pick next year too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think. Yeah. I think Gettleman might uh, have me on speed dial. <laughs> might, yeah. Well, he might have you as quarterback <laughs> at some point too. Uh, that's enough. That's enough for the Giants. That's enough for the Ravens. Rashad Bateman, Jason Owe. Welcome to Baltimore. They will be at this establishment, I'm sure, very, very, very soon. and Probably tomorrow night. Like. Probably, honestly. <laughs> I was going to say, John definitely has a crab cake ready for you guys whenever you want to yeah. come Yeah. They'd probably so. fly in and do some, some media tomorrow, and then they're here probably for dinner tomorrow night. And two Big Ten players, by the way, that I'm sure they scouted at Maryland at some point. So shout out. <laughs> shout out. Shout out to our press box. And I'm sure how the Ravens <laughs> Capital scout. One Field. They'll watch played Jason a part in Owe that. and Rashad Bateman play. Um, we hope that they become phenomenal Ravens and cannot wait to have them in Baltimore. Thanks, Marty. Fun night at Jimmy's Seafood. Uh, we plan to be back at some point this weekend to do a recap. Not sure we're going to do one after rounds two and three. If something crazy happens, uh, trade or something, we'll, we'll probably jump out there. If not, we'll definitely be back on Saturday um, to do two and three and then four through seven and kind of give a, a complete rundown of everything that happened in the draft. Uh, so until next time, we'll see you on the Exit 52 podcast presented by the wonderful Jimmy Seafood. <laughs>